the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On a Saturday morning, Saturday morning, December the 16th, 2023, I'm Peter Boyles. We're on the air everywhere. 710 KNUS Weather Center. Weather 58 will be the high today. 57 Sunday and Monday. It's going to be 58 degrees. Uh, We've been in open lines this morning, and I wanted to take a break. No one better. Ladies and gentlemen, he has solved many problems since he has joined Talk Radio. The one, the only, the hit man. Joe Williams, man, thanks for doing this. Merry Christmas, Hitman, and welcome to the show again. And now, from being a failed sports radio talk show host to becoming a highly sought-after guest. Indeed. (laughs) Merry Uh, Christmas to all. Yeah, and to all a good night. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing there, Pete? Hey, well, you know, I... Every once in a while, you know you're going to do a show that's going to bring down the thunder. And uh, this morning, I, I couldn't resist. It's like, I'm going to do this. And I'm thinking all, and I, you know, taking some heat this morning, but that's that's what we do. What's the most heat or hatred that you got in your career as a talk radio host, but in, 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 in sports? What was the most heat? Well, where would you want to start? <laughs> you pick. I mean, honestly, you're talking about Nebraska. Yeah. You're talking about the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, it, it was all there over oh. uh, almost 40 years. You know, the, somebody, there was always somebody there that had a nit to pick. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, but that, and, and Pete, the thing is, the thing is, and of course, you you, you run your business uh, the same way that Irvin and I did, and uh, Sandy, of course. But, you know, we we tried to run a sports or a results-oriented sports talk show. Results-oriented. So what that means is from time to time, people are going to hear things they maybe not want to hear, right? Of course. And, and, and a few people still do it that way, but there aren't many. And uh, depending on your bent, that's the way it's going to roll, you know, and uh, – I got no regrets, and I had a lot of fun. Hmm. And since we dealt with the uh, the entertainment world, which wasn't the real world, you and I both know what it's like to have a real job. Oh yeah, it's been a long it's been a long time since you had one, or I did. Hmm. But uh, we always felt fairly blessed, and I think sometimes uh, the people in the the realm of the uh, part of the world that uh, in which we talked about it existed, and where they got paid way, way, way too much money for what they did, just mm-hmm. like we all did. You know, sometimes I got lost in the shuffle. And uh, maybe you can just attribute it to certain people don't have a good enough sense of humor. Well, but I, I think it was uh, more related to uh, the status and the um, the wealth and the fun that we had, uh, you know, picking the nits, if you will. And uh, some people enjoyed it, and some people not so much. Well, Joe Williams is here. Peter Boyle, 710 KNUS. I love the hitman. We've been friends a long time, worked together. And, you know, you. I remember, you know, you you brought down the heat many, many, many times. Um, 
I remember when you were critical of the Broncos. Oh, <laughs> you, 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 well, once again, Pete, when uh, not when they were winning. No, not when they were winning Super Bowls. Uh, only when uh, we saw it the other way, and yep. you know, and that's what we would talk about from uh, three to six every afternoon. Yeah. And that would rub some people the wrong way. And, well, the Broncos, uh, the Broncos are also a form of a religion. Um, we're talking this morning about the supporters of Donald Trump having really won the election, and it's morphed into a religion. And Bronco mania, as it was once called, th- those. You know, the were- only thing, Pete. Now that you bring that up, the only thing. The only time I ever saw Elway knocked off the front page was when Tim Tebow was in town. Oh, yeah. That's the only time. And the the Broncos, even the Broncos, even though he was a Bronco, he was bigger than that even. And uh, that's the only time I ever remember uh, seeing that happen. Uh, Deion Sanders coming to town more or less kind of uh, did the same thing, you know, for uh, the last what, six-month cycle, maybe, something I'm, like that, eight-month cycle? One of the reasons why you're here today, I want to talk about him. Yeah, but uh, uh, you're right, though, about the Broncos and the religion and uh, the part that they yeah. hold. they got a toehold here that they've had for years and years. And uh, uh, other than just a couple of spots, uh, blips in the road, mm-hmm. they've never relinquished that. Well, you know, they there is, they're the ones. I mean, the Rockies don't have, don't carry with them that support that the Broncos do have. And I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the Broncos. I'm just saying I, I, I know it, I see it, the people who live and die uh, with the Broncos winning or losing. And right now it's a really interesting Broncos season. Um, the, you know, what, You're what, right about the Rockies. They, 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 they draw 30,000, 35,000 people every night, win or lose. That's right. And, uh, you know, they only uh, – people don't care whether they win or lose. It doesn't make any difference to them. And uh, the Montforts uh, continue to print the money. Mm-hmm. Horrible owners. You know, mm-hmm. probably good people personally. I don't really know either uh, – I don't really know the Montforts personally other than, you know, having interviewed them over the, past, over the years and everything. Probably good people, but they're not good owners. And uh, people don't expect anything out of them. So, yeah, it's, you know, and Pat, Pat Boland's the one that set the, the Broncos oh. up, of course. And he was, if you were a Bronco fan, you couldn't have done better than him as your owner because he'd get out the checkbook and he did what it took. Someone, uh, it might have been the late Jim Turner or might have been Uncle Dave, said, you have no idea what fans are until you go to a place like Philadelphia or the old oh, black yeah. hole with the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, Dave's told stories. Uh, Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, in Pittsburgh growing up, well, more so now, the Steelers fans. Um, are they more rabid than than Bronco fans? I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles fans are notorious. Yeah, the Steelers, you know, the thing about it is you go to different stadiums, and Dave has been to every one of them. I have not been to every one of them. I've been to a few of them, and the teams, uh, the Steelers, Fans travel very well. Yep. Anytime you, you when they come to Denver, you just look up in the crowd and see how many Steelers yep. fans are. Yeah. You know, with those gold helmets on, and they used to wear wave those towels. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, Myron Cope. The, ter- the, the terrible oh, towel. The terrible towel. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, sure. But they, you know, you everywhere when when the, wherever the Steelers play, yeah. they're their fans are going to show up. The nation. Wherever the Green Bay, wherever yeah. the Green Bay Packers, yeah. play, their fans are going to show up. So and 
I think Denver travels pretty well, fairly okay. well. But but come to full circle. Um, I, I believe this from we have all have friends when when the season began, football began, um, the ratings were believed to be going to come from CU. And now I think at this part, place and time, now the Broncos have usurped that and surpassed. Now the Broncos are the, although CU is done, the Broncos now are in the spotlight more than CU. CU was, wow, what a home run. So what do you do at the end of this first season with, with Prime? Where are we? Well, you want to enjoy him while you can because this will be his next one will be his last one. He'll oh. be gone after next year. You believe and, that? Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm certain of it. When uh, his son goes, he's going to go. And uh, hopefully the uh, carryover, because they you know, they sold an awful lot of seats, got a lot of people oh, yeah. excited. Yeah. Donations started coming back in. And uh, even though they had a lousy team this year, it didn't seem to make any difference because of the brand and, uh, you know, people, just, they, they couldn't wait to, uh, we'll see what happens. It'll okay. carry over another year. And then when he's gone, you know, I guess, I, I don't know what happens after okay. that. Uh, it they haven't been very good at hiring head coaches. Uh, Rick George did a great job here, obviously, and hit a home run to get interest uh, back into the program, put a little juice, a little energy, back into what had been a very lethargic fan base, but that's CU's fault. Uh, yeah. And they used to get, I used to tell people, you know, fans of CU, the diehards, guys that used to call our show, mm -hmm. be careful that you, that you, that you care more than they do. And talking oh, about yeah. the people that run the university, you care more than they do about winning. Yes. And then they went and they got Dion, which knocked us all out. Couldn't believe it. And, I don't know how much of a coach he is. It didn't look like they had much coaching on the field this year. But uh, they certainly, once again, energized the fan base. They bought the brand. Yeah. And the carryover, will re it'll remain to be seen. I suspect their record next year might be a little bit better than it was this year, but probably not much. And uh, once his son goes, he's out of here. I'm, I'm certain okay. of that. The hitman, Joe Williams, is here. Broncos play this afternoon, or tonight, rather. Um, how, how does that season end, and what do you do with Russell Wilson? They're stuck with him. They're paying him a lot of money, and uh, he's played better this oh, year. Oh, man. For whatever reason, he's played better. Last year, I thought it looked to me like, and I'm not plugged in anymore up there, and I don't, you know, I, I don't go to the practice. I don't see anything. I don't mm -hmm. talk to people. Uh, you know, the, 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 the people who are inside, uh, they can tell more than – people like us can all we all we see is what happens on Sunday mm -hmm. afternoon and I, the the turnaround that that he has engineered talking talking about Sean Payton has been uh, to me remarkable I because I thought they were finished after that after that game against yeah. the Dolphins where they gave up yeah. 70 yeah. you know I thought well you can uh, you know that that's not going to happen so but they've done it. They've turned it around, and now they are in the playoff hunt. Uh, play the night in Detroit, and even mm -hmm. though they're underdogs, it wouldn't surprise me if they won. Yeah. And uh, you know, if actually every game kind of is like a playoff game now. But if you want to see the city get souped up, let them keep winning. And uh, you know, they'll uh, getting knocked off the front page by uh, Dion. Yeah. Uh, 
they'll that'll be in the at least in the distant the distant past for the next three months while the playoffs unfold. But I, I think they've got a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, their schedule uh, coming up with standing, they can win. I, I mean, Pete, there's so many bad teams now in the NFL. The 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 media, it's not even mediocre. Uh, half these teams don't have quarterbacks, which shows you how difficult a position it is to find somebody to play it. But uh, the Broncos are right in there. Of course, they don't, they're not loaded with stars uh, like they were. Russell Wilson used to be one, and he's starting to play now like a confident yeah, NFL quarterback. I, I, mean, I, I really like Russell Wilson. I, I mean, I like him as a person. I want to see him win because I like him as a guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... <laughs> The one, the only, the hitman, Joe Williams, Peter Boyle, 710, KNUS, Saturday morning, 17 after the hour. So what triggered me to invite Joe on is we talk a lot, and we're both boxing beyond fans, and Joe is far more uh, knowledgeable and been around many, many fighters. But we were talking about our experiences with Jake LaMotta, and... (laughs) You actually go to Jake LaMotta's wedding. Yeah, it's and, one of them. <laughs> one, one of them. And who, yeah. who sits at the table with you when when you're watching? Well, well when I uh, – uh, uh, just to give a little background, Irv and I did a show with him. He was making the rounds, I think, promoting the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. And uh, we were at the uh, – God, where was it? We, you and I have done so many shows yeah. in Barthay. Yeah. Who knows? It's hard to remember, but it was at uh, 104th and Zunai or someplace over there, someplace in North Denver. You know, and uh, so we did the show with him, and then uh, afterwards we got to hang out a little bit with him. Yeah. And he invited us to his wedding, which coincidentally he was going to uh, ha- have his reception at Caesar's Palace back there in the back for people who've been out there by the pool and everything. And, uh, it coincided, I guess, with a fight that was going on that Irv and I were going to cover out there. And he said, well, I want you to be sure and come. You're invited. And, you know, we thanked him and everything. And I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought uh, past that. And uh, we got out there and, you know, uh, I went to the back and lo and behold, my name was on the list. Unbelievable. So you'll, you'll be sitting at table five and table five was Sugar Ray Robinson <sighs> and John Madden. Wow. And a writer from the Houston Chronicle had a great time. What now? You caught Ray. And that's you know, if people boxing historians, Joe Williams, Peter Boyles together, boxing historians always argue that pound pound per pound, there was no. His name was Walker Smith. Was his real name? There was no greater fighter than Ray. You yeah, box- and I can tell you, Pete, that uh, over the years. Uh, all the trainers and the uh, the old time guys, everybody who saw everybody, there wasn't much disagreement on that. That Robinson at his prime, there was nobody like him. At one time, you know, they've got so many weight divisions yeah. now in boxing, but back then, you know, you oh. had lightweight, you had welterweight, mm-hmm. middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. That That's was what it. You had. That was it. Yeah. And uh, Robinson at one time yeah. held welterweight the middleweight yep. title and almost came within a round of winning the light and holding all three of those titles same time at the same time. I know. And if you think about that now, welterweight's 147 and, and light heavy is 175. So 
all the way between 147 and 175, all the titles would have been his. That's how good he was. That would be unheard of today. There isn't a fighter in the world that you can think of that you can send out there at 147 and then a month or two down the road send him in at 175. And fight again. And hope to have a prayer. That's right. It wouldn't happen. That's how good Robinson was. When you talk about those the belt divisions, when I was a young man and you know tried, um, we could we could I, we could tell you who was the one two three four ranked heavyweights or you know middleweights. Today I can't do that because there's so many divisions and nobody can. I can't. Yeah, I was going to say, but boy, I mean, you knew Ezra Charles. You know, you knew Joe, Jersey Joe. You knew. You know, you you. We're, so back to Lamada. And you know, a lot of these guys. You mentioned uh, the uh, Cincinnati Cobra, the Ezra Charles, Ezra Charles, yeah. man. Yeah. That's right. I love but him. They, and I never saw him in his prime. Okay, uh, he was past his prime. But those who did oh. said that he would have been a champion in almost any era. He, there but was... uh, finally, but because he was a black man, yep, that's and true. Was not given the same opportunity, just like Archie Moore. That's right. Who, uh, Archie Moore, who never fought for any kind of title till he was thirty-five years old. Yep. Can you imagine how good he was when he was in his twenties? <laughs> oh, they, but they wouldn't fight him. They wouldn't make the fights, you know. So we talked. Yeah, it's yeah. and I had my I had Lamada. I was doing a television show, and they brought Jake in, and I th- it's probably the same time frame that you you met him. And um, he, you know, he comes in, sits on the couch, and I, and I don't think he realized what a geek I was about prize fighting and about him. And you know, he did a couple of, and then all of a sudden, we we got serious in the conversation about his career, and we start talking about Frankie Carbo, and he was willing to talk about it. And then he threw a fight. He went in the tank on yeah, on, right. on, the, on the Fox fight, and he did that, and he did that to get the title shot. And, but we talked about Ray and he, Lamata's was, you know, was hilarious. I loved being around him. And he said, um, he said about fighting Ray, he said, I got so I can't do his voice, but he said, I, yeah. he said, I got so much sugar. It's a wonder no one got diabetes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those were wars. They had, they, Pete, they fought six times. I know. I know. <laughs> and then I asked him about, and I said the finest piece of steel from Gary, Indiana, and, yeah. and we t- and he just boom, he'd take off and run with that. And that, was it a better time for prize fighting then, Joe, than it is today? Because yeah, a lot of it, like you said, though, was crooked. I know it was. Oh. And they they had guys do things and uh, you know to set up fights, and yeah, you, know, you you had these shadowy figures. Yeah. You know, behind the people like oh. Sonny Liston, and no. you know, you you never really knew what was what and what was real and no. what was not. And, well, Jake, but, went, uh, he he, bought, but no, the, he the, took the one. Great fighters yeah. back then. Uh, you know, there there were so many of them. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, not so many today compared to back well, then. It was a way not out. At all. And, yeah, it was a way out. You're right. That's yeah. a good point because that was their only way out. That's they right. didn't turn back then. You know, uh, great athletes didn't go into in the forties and fifties. No. They didn't go into professional football. There no. was no money. No, I think the the um, one of my many 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 theories whether they hold up. Um, the history of prize fighting in America is the history of the underclass. If you look at 
you know, how begin with the Irish, you know, and you move from the Irish. And, you know, eventually, and they keep, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we know that they keep the African-Americans out uh, you know, after Jack. Hey, well, look, look at Jack Dempsey. There's, I mean, yeah. he, he, he rode the rails. Oh, he was a, he was swamping bars when he was thirteen yeah. years old. Yeah, exactly. He you half more than half tough, but and when you get to those the ethnics, you know the Italians and the Sicilians and the Irish and the Jewish guys, and sometimes Jewish guys change their names uh, to an, an ethnic name away from a Jewish name to to get fights. And Jack, of course, is the, the but along comes and I still. I hold so much respect for when Joe Lewis steps in. Had to change everything. And guys like that. So I don't know. I mean, I, you and I just love it. We can sit and talk. Boy, they but, were great. Yeah, they were great. Jamie Lewis and oh. uh, Henry Armstrong. That's right. Uh, Stanley uh, Ketchell. Lou Jones, Sweetwater from Sweetwater. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they, Stan, Stanley Ketchell. They had them all. Yeah. yeah, they had them all. Yeah. Billy Kahn. Had them all. Uh, my my Billy uh, Kahn. F- final, final one is every if every Irishman in Pittsburgh – was in the garden when he fought Joe Lewis. The place couldn't have held it. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody claimed, yeah, I was in yeah. the garden when he, when Billy fought. And I saw him as a, when I was a kid. He, he, he was. Be tell, tell him about the, when you were in the boxing club or something and his kid was in it. Oh, his, and, his, uh, boy, his kid fought in the club. Uh, when I, I fought at Hebrew Y. And, um, and he, he had, it was Billy Jr. And, and he would come in. He would come in. He had this other gorilla with him. And they would come in. And the whole place was stopped. There's a story I've never been able to tell. It's my brother's story about what what Billy said. <laughs> the coach said, um, uh, um, tell the boys about what you think before a fight. Well, Billy did. <laughs> <laughs> Took the air out of the room. Took the air out of the room. I mean, I, mean, I, I tell the story to people that I'm just like you, we're one-on-one. But his son, there was, was Billy Junior. He was pretty good. He was like, but not like his dad. Oh, but. No, 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 there was nobody like Billy, you know. And, no, uh, and and my my dad claimed they all lived in this, you know, bunch of Irishmen off of, you know, and they, they, he said they saw Billy all the time. Billy came into bars, you know. I saw him when I was a kid, and a young man. I saw Billy, but um, and then they got they tried to mug him. He's, <laughs> He was going to mass with his wife, and he was in his seventies. <laughs> and they they jumped him, <laughs> they bowed him, beat him up. The wrong guy. Billy was still there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Joe. So, what do you? Everything is. You know, you had a you had a rough year, and it came out wonderful, and that made me so happy. And we're still here, Joe. They, you can't. You, you, what did What did Jake say? You didn't knock no, me. Have, you didn't knock me down, Ray. You didn't knock uh, me down. Yeah. No, he didn't. No, you didn't. Was he that tough? <laughs> I think oh. had to be. Oh my lord! And, and he still. Yeah, oh my lord! He he knocked out Robinson one time. Knocked out Gene Fulmer with it, one punch. Met Gene Fulmer. I, the onion. Fulmer. Oh, I'm, I'm Gene Fulmer was from. He was in Utah. And yeah. Was, and and he came to the stock show. It's one of those moments. And I'm I'm working in a bar. That's hard to believe. And running a disco <laughs> in a bar, and uh, in yeah. con- continental Denver. <laughs> And and somebody said that's Gene Fulmer, and I, somebody else took over the turntables, and I went over and I introduced myself, sat down with him. He was more than willing to talk, and he was very mild, very you know soft spoken guy. But Gene Fulmer, yeah, was he a, was. Yeah. He, he, you know, and 
you know, you, you, in the ring, it was nothing but oh. uh, a bar of iron oh. in, the, in, in the ring. But, you know, and to think in uh, that fight where Robinson took him out with yep. one punch and he's, they're bringing him to on the, and he's ready to go back out. They one, say, it's over. You, you, it's you, over. You, what happened? Want to go back in. Wrapping it up, man. Who, who, that moment at that table when you met Ray Robinson. I mean, the sense had to be just a you know, like your 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 senses must have been just wow. Here's sugar. Well, it's yeah, obviously because you know I'd saw, I'd see him fight on the on oh. the on the in the old black and white. You That's know? right. I saw I, I saw him fight. You know, when he was way way past it, never should have been in the ring. Yeah. And uh, but for fifteen or twenty seconds in a round, yeah, where he would say he he would have he could only fight for. You know, just a mm-hmm. very, very short period of a three-minute round, but you could still, even when he was in his forty, you could still see what he, <laughs> what he once was, yeah. and blinding speed, and he had, had the the uh, accuracy and what people talk about, and the fact that he could he could uh, knock people out with either hand. Yes, he could knock you out, back it up. Yeah, and that's yeah. think about that one. And, it's, uh, yeah, we we but, uh, there, there's very little Pete. There's very uh, people who never. Get, got mm-hmm. to see Robinson. I wished I would have got to see him in his prime, but you got to talk to people who did and who fought against him. I still and they just said there was nothing like it. I still I still watch him on YouTube, and I watch all those you know the great fights. And he used to say he hated Carmen Basilio. He said I'd fight Basilio for free. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> When they, yeah, I mean they, and some of the stuff now where they're you know they they they're they steal it from pro wrestling. And the UFC guys do it now when they start talking substance against each other to build the gate. But and the old t- time prize fighters, um, they they kept quiet, and and along comes guys every once in a while. And they they say, you know, he's not going to make it out of here. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And and it was yeah. like, did you ever did you ever bet the fights when, when back then? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean when Irv and I were going out to Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet them all the time. Did you? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, best score. Yeah. Best score. Best score that you had. Fights. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Pete, what we would do is uh, this doesn't sound too. Uh, you never oh. could get good odds on on the on the the, the great champions oh. like uh, Julio Cesar sure. Chavez, yeah. uh, people like that. It, uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Brian. You know, they were all, you know, that was pretty tough to get. But what we would do is uh, we'd watch the undercard, you know, when mm-hmm. uh, on, in television, you know, generally on the pay-per-view, they'll come in and they might back then they might show one undercard. But mm-hmm. the, the if the main event starting at 815, nothing and no main event in Vegas ever starts before 815 yeah. at night, yeah. not never before. And but they start fighting about five or six o'clock, you know, the, mm-hmm. there, there might be four or five bouts. So I, hell, I had nothing else to do. So I'd go watch these up and comers Yeah, and uh, you get a kind of an idea. And then, you know, you could bet on those fights later on and you can remember mm-hmm. what you saw and people would see a name up there and they wouldn't know anything about it. And, and you'd say, wait, but I've seen both these guys. It's a track. You know, it's going to, yeah, yeah, this one, yeah. yeah, this is a lay down. You know, and you go and you put your money down, and uh, that was the fun part of that is and and being able to talk also, you know, to the trainers and the, oh. and to the the uh, referees, the official Richard Steele, 
you know, uh, all those guys, uh, they they knew so much, you know, and, and they saw so much. Yeah. And it was just you, a good time. You, and, you, and, of course, in the center of it all, the best guy ever was Bert Sugar. Love, the love, best guy love Bert Sugar. Oh, man. Do you think – You talk about a uh, magnet. He was something else. Do you, do you think, final question, when I think it's true from the outside in, how many people, when they watch a prize fight, actually understand the intricacies or what's taking place in that ring? How many people do you think really get what's going on? Because I remember when they, they took us to um, the gloves. I was about 12, 13. And I saw I saw what I thought was good the first time, really good. And then the first time you see really good. And then you watch a De La Hoya, you watch a Duran, and you, th- and you think, wow. So yeah. how, how many people think, you think, and, and I don't pretend to know what's going on, but that really understand what's going on in that ring? Well, if you're not brought up, uh, if you're not brought up around it, you know, you just sit around and you're watching, wait mm-hmm. for the final verdict. But mm-hmm. there are telltale signs oh. early on uh, of what could happen, and uh, you can see it coming. And uh, when one person starts to close the distance, yeah. for instance, yeah. and uh, there's usually a feeling out part in mm-hmm. the early rounds, you know, and then sooner it doesn't, it, it's not all the time obvious, but you can tell, you know, Ever how I, the great ones, it doesn't take them very long to figure it out. Yeah. You know, they won't expose themselves to any kind of danger until they figured it out. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's over in people's eyes. I didn't see that coming. Well, yeah. guess what? That's what I'm saying. Joe, are the, yeah. are the, again, final, final. Are prize fighters the best conditioned athletes? Oh, I think they are. Absolutely. Uh, you go in there for three minutes and you throw it around like that. And then you go sit down. You've got one minute to rest yep. up. You try and do that. Oh. Just try to do that yeah. in your house. Yeah. For see, see where you're at. The there bag. isn't anything about it. it hit, yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. And as the man said, the bag don't hit back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Joe, to, to you and your family and everything that's so great now. M- Merry Christmas and when we yeah, get, Pete we'll get enjoyed it. Yeah, first of the year, and then we'll get Sandy back and, and yeah, we'll see good. what in the playoffs. We'll see what where it goes. You take care of yourself. I lo- right, love you me. with my heart. Thanks, okay, Joe. Okay, see you, man. Bye. Okay. The hitman, Joe Williams. I, I, we just sit and talk, and he's just brilliant. Tell stories, fight stories. All right. Uh, 303-696-1971. Against my better judgment, <laughs> I started a radio show this morning. It's, by the way, it's going to be 58 for a high. Asking people, and not looking for an argument, but full-blown caught one, not on a... On air, but certainly the wall of shame. How can you still believe this election was stolen? And I don't know. One of the questions I said, well, do you think those Georgia election workers will ever see any part of that $148 million from Rudy? But watching Rudy and watching all of this come apart, all the elite strike force. And then we're talking about the Fox um, lawsuit and Smartmatic suit is coming. Anyhow. So here we go. Load them up again. Ski resorts are, and I have not had my first ski day. And kind of talk Gary into this. 
the ski the ski resorts are, are, are experiencing better snow conditions. Snow's coming down. Perfect time to consider taking your skis and snowboards for the tune-up and maybe even getting new gear for Christmas. What a, I mean, just it's the place. The best winter sports equipment. Head over to Larson Ski and Sport, located south of I-70 on Kipling. If you're looking to rent or buy new equipment or just get things tuned up, remember, for your kids and grandkids, always rent. Larson's has you covered. Paul, John, John again, John Larson, his son, Jack, dedicated to providing you with the best skiing experience possible. They know what they're doing. The convenience of Larson is unbeatable. A perfect stop on your way up or down the mountain. You find them in a large wooden building next to the Crab Shack, south of I-70 on Kipling. Best advice, westbound on I-70. Get off on the Kipling exit. Come down the ramp. Make a left. Head south. There's a tunnel right under I-70. Come out the other side, and you'll see right, right to your west or to your right, you'll see the Crab Shack. Then right next to it, a big wooden building. That's it. Seven days a week. Larson Ski and Sport. John Marriott and the guys at Larson are absolute experts. So, uh, people coming in for the holidays, want to rent run equipment, get it in Denver. It's cheaper, first of all. It's better. Stop in today. Tell them I sent you. Our friends, Larson Ski and Sports, south of, south of, south of I-70. Get it out on Kipling. 303-423-0654. 303-423-0654. Or Larson, L-A-R-S-O-N, sport.com. Love this. That new commercial with the llamas coming out of the garage or coming out of the barn. Who is this, Lou? What's this kid's name? Augie Rios. How old's the song? The song's old, but he was 13 when he cut this. That ad, I've asked Lou to find this. Um, When the, the guy's a farmer and he's bringing hay into the animals, and it's the llamas. It's great stuff. Good morning. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone, on a Saturday, December the 16th, 2023. I'm Peter Boyles. Good to have everybody here. Let's go back to the phones. We start with Peter on line one. Lines are already jammed back up. Hey, man, Peter, good morning. Thanks. Good morning, Peter. Brother. Um, okay, to still talk about boxing? Sure. Okay, just um, a little story. First of all, I agree where boxers are in best shape. If anybody doubts it, I still do this. Just uh, go to a gym and hit the weight bag. Oh. Time yourself. Three oh. minutes on, one minute off. After five rounds, you'll be dead. And that bag ain't hitting yeah. back, like yeah. you said. That's right. So I agree with that. But um, I'm from uh, Hoboken originally, up by New York. <laughs> so every um, New Year's Eve, we used to go into the city, you know, watch the ball for, and then go hit some clubs. You know, it was odd because the drinking age in New Jersey was 18 and New York was 21, but we could get served in New York and not in New Jersey. Of course. Which was kind of odd. Of course. So we watched the ball fall. Was, I think it was like 72. So we're walking up Broadway and uh, looking for a club. So we're walking by here. Hey, Paisan. So I look over this, like, really broad guy standing there. And he's like, hey, why don't you come in here have a couple of beers? So we said, sure. It was called the uh, Mardi Gras at the time. So we go in there, and after about an hour, we overstayed our welcome. So we were told to leave. And um, so I go outside, so the, the bouncer out front's like, well, how'd you like it? I said, yeah, it was pretty good. We didn't tell him we got thrown out. And um, so he goes, hey, my name's Jake LaMotta. There it Here's is. Here's my card. There Here's it is. my card. There it is. And he, and he signed it for me. 
You know, and I never, you know, that was eight years before Raging Bull came out. But I never forgot him from that day. I wish I would have kept that car. Real now. deal. Nice keepsake. He, um, but he was something. Really nice guy. I only met him for a few minutes, but really nice guy. You know, he was big on hugs and stuff. You know, he was like a bull. When he grabbed you, man, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I had asked him about, you know, De Niro plays him. And it's one of my, I mean, that's a, that's a raw movie. And yes, I said, how close? And he said, he said that it it was worse than how, De Niro, I mean, in terms of the boxing, the scenario. Yeah. Um, in the ring. Yeah. yeah. And when I, when I met him, it's like I met him, I think about the same, I'm sure, you know, in the same time period that Joe met him and I was doing a television show. And I think and, you know, I think it speaks volumes about him when he came in, you know, he was um, he, he was doing stand up. Uh, stand-up comedy, and uh, no, I'm necessarily for real, man. I, I wish no, I, I, I and you know, so if the movie's yeah. true about that. He was, he was oh yeah, funny. and we're sitting on a couch. I had a, like a couch and a chair, and I sat in a chair, and the guest got the couch, and um, and I, you know, I knew, you know, I knew enough how to be a straight man for for him, and he said, you know, you know, you, you can how he talked, and he said, growing up, he said. Uh, and he met, for real, he had met um, Graziano in some youth detention thing that they were both in. And for real. And he was outside, yeah. and he said, uh, well, me and Rock. And he went like that. He said, we, we was thieves, you know, thieves, thieves. He said, but we only, he said, we was educated thieves. He said, we only stole, <laughs> I'm serious about this. He said, we only stole stuff what began with the letter A. I'm looking at him. He yeah. said, A bicycle. A car, a yeah. quart of milk, you know, like, yeah. and and we, we and then I started talking to him, like, you know, because I was a like a, beyond being a fan, you know, I was a geek, and all of a sudden he serioused up, and we started to talk about that, and for the next whatever time frame, and we talked about Frankie Carbo when the mob ran, it was the Gambinos when they when they ran prize fighting, uh -huh. and. Um, yeah. He had to go into the tank. If you read the book or anything like that, there's yeah, a there's like fox fox. Fight. He caught the fox yeah. fight, and yeah. they loaded up on it and they made the money, and um, then he got his he got his title shots. But he he fought Tony Zale. I mean, I, I brought yeah. Zale up. I said the finest piece of steel from Gary, Indiana. They, they fought everybody. You know, yeah, I know Zale fought Graziano a few times. Oh. Fought and everybody. He won most of them. He won. He won. Oh. Zell beat Graziano most of the time. Yeah. I think. And, uh, he he got, the and he, there were three fights, and uh, Marciano, or excuse me, uh, Graziano won one, and Jake won two. Right. Right. That's oh. what that whole Numa movie was about. But, yeah, but so as far nah. as you know, like the Raging Bull is pretty much on point. According to him. Yeah. I remember now, I've seen some of the. I've seen. Sorry, I've seen some of his fights online. Oh, oh yeah. But back then the cameras were like. It's not like today no, we're right on top no, of him, no. so you couldn't tell. But that fight with, um, uh, what was this, the pretty boy. He ain't pretty no more. Remember that guy? I forget his name. Gennaro? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it was as brutal as they portrayed it in, in I, the movie. Because you I'll can't tell really you tell from those old films. I'll tell you what. You know, and now UFC, I'm a big UFC MMA fan. I just love it. And... They, they've usurped boxing, and if you know, and and plus it's different too because the history of prize fighting. Got to watch my time. The history of prize fighting in in our country 
is the history of the underclass. If you look yeah. at the champions, they came from the underclass. And now it's now it's Russians and Spaniards and uh, yeah, excuse me, uh, Spanish American. I yeah. used to be a big boxing fan, but you know, I have watched some of that MMA, oh. but I don't even watch boxing anymore. But it's, because it's boxing is like WWE. But it's different. It's different guys because now kids are graduating from college as as wrestlers, yeah. and I, I I don't know if you know who Dan Henderson is, but I'm reading his book right now, and we'll get him on the show. But those guys, they graduated from from you know University of Wisconsin as as wrestlers and then they became strikers and they, they, they but they're they're anglo kids who come up in you know middle class or upper middle class environment they're really? not they're not coming no. where where lamada came from and they're not coming right. from where you know where ray robinson came from and it's a different i think it's a different approach to the ring there are guys that are coming in the ring they're um they're they're, they're they have a sophistication that that jay clearly didn't have. i mean they they robbed his purses and stuff, you know. I mean, they yeah. they, they worked him. He was yeah, uh, well, you, you know you grow up in that environment. Oh. You got this inner, inner anger, and oh. you know it helps. Oh, it, it helps. helps in the ring. That's what you need. Uh, yeah. someday yeah. we'll someday you and I will meet, and I'll tell you the Billy Kahn story. That wasn't didn't I didn't I didn't I wasn't in the locker room, but my little brother was, and he my little brother's a good prize fighter. He, my little brother was he got, you know, he went pretty far, and so. Yeah. But he was there when Jake came in, <laughs> when, excuse me, when yeah. Billy came in. We saw Billy in the bars, you know, we'd see him he'd come in a bar and everybody point at him, there's Billy, there's Billy, there's yeah. Billy. Yeah, just one more thing quickly. Sure. Like, I was like, I played college football and stuff, but a couple of times I got in the ring, it's just something, oh. it doesn't oh. matter if you're oh. a good athlete, something awkward about it. It oh. just doesn't feel, it's not like a street fight. No. You know, it's just, you know your feet, and, your, and it's just a, I don't know what it is. Guys want to just not like any other sport. You can't just go in there and start playing and start oh, boxing. Oh, you get oh, your ass kicked. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I've told them. I'm like, when you're sitting there, and then they call your name. Let's see what no, you got. Yeah. You know, and they go. <laughs> guys got a clipboard, right? And we got the yeah. the big those big head things on. You know, the head protectors and tie them under your chin, and you got those big gloves on. <laughs> And the guy calls your name, and you got to get in there, find out who you yeah. are real quick. Yeah. First time you get tagged, uh, yeah. That, the old school. I always prefer. I prefer the old school. Those guys are tough as nails. Anyway, but they, all right, they, man. Good talking right, to you. You too, brother. Be safe. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Dan Kaplis. I again. Here we are. The law offices of Danny Kaplis, and Dan's the only attorney believed to be the only attorney to win five straight multi million dollar jury verdicts and. Motor vehicle crash cases, and Dan and his partners, the largest truck crash jury verdict in Colorado history. The firm's history is seven and eight figure settlements and verdicts speaks for themselves. Our firm are good people from all walks of life without regard to ability to pay, get the level of representation that the rich and powerful enjoy. Uh, he, you know, not only is he a friend, we work together, we've been longtime friends, but he helped my family and Danny is the man, and the firm is the best, and the firm's happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts and out-of-court out of settlements. Campus's law firm believes that who you hire says so much about you to everybody involved. They suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values, and the firm believes its core values have been the foundation of historic success, faith, integrity, hard work, and dedication. If Truly, if you have a question, you call 303 770 5551. 
303-770-5551 or hit Capitalist Law Firm. Dan, of course, it's C-A-P-L-I-S-Law.com. Believe me, uh, the man will be there. Dan com. He's a friend. He's a whale of an attorney. 303-770-5551. Lou, where are we? You're in charge of this. Break? All right. This is the long break. 710 KNUS. Morning, everybody. It's a Saturday, the 16th morning of December. Christmas creeping up. 2023. Good old 710 KNUS Denver's talk station. Jam lines. Our phone number is 303-696-1971. Um, the, um, this topic this morning, and I wrote on my worksheet, <laughs> not looking for an argument. Fool that I am. But do you still believe the election was stolen? And almost daily now, in a courtroom or outside someplace, the evidence points to, no, it was not stolen. And evidence is an interesting thing to present, but watching Rudolph Giuliani yesterday was reason to bring that topic to the show. And the three elite, remember the elite strike force, all three of them now, Jenna Ellis and the Kraken, watching what happened yesterday with, and he's, it's almost sad to watch Giuliani, watching um, Mike Lindell, Fox News' settlement, and more settlements will come. And what I find really interesting, that it just doesn't matter. IDM, it doesn't matter. And so... The other part of it, when you say that, then that becomes an attack on the on-air joker, in this case me, for even saying it. Um, so it's, that's really the fascinating part of it as well. Even asking the question will bring the wrath to you. How dare you uh, to become a heretic? So um, I'm trying to remember where we are. Okay, let's do this. How about Frank? I think I th- Frank. I think you're the longest waiter. Good morning. You're on the show. Thank you. Hey, Merry Christmas, Peter. You too, uh, brother. Thank you. Uh, so I'm curious why you know you kind of just answered my question away, but I'm curious why you went back to this because you had I swear you said months ago that you weren't going to talk about Giuliani. Uh, Giuliani yesterday was the trigger. So I mean. You just had this need to kick him while he was down, or what? No, I'm not kicking him. I said I feel sorry for him is what I said. Oh. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, um, I'd be happy to explain. Obviously, I don't agree with you, and um, I'd be happy to explain my perspective, but every time I try to do that, you hang up on well, me. No, it isn't a hanging up. It's just, it just doesn't make sense. Look, if you're looking, if you're looking right now, if you look at all of this, Lady Justice wears a blindfold and holds scales. If yeah, you st- if yeah. You st- what country do you live in again? Come on, don't don't play this game. No, Peter, it's just simply not true. <laughs> it's simply not true. Elections have been denied for many, many years, many presidents, many elections, and none of those guys got got any heat over. Comes now, hmm. Trump, and all, everybody's in jail. Do you, People are in jail. They're going to jail. They got and as the, as they're, they're, no one's no one's been jailed yet. The heck, they haven't. You well, n- none of the big players. All you know, there's the okay, Cohen well, was Cohen's was said no one. Cohen Cohen's in jail, but not the big players. He he was just a money passer. He was the guy that took care of uh, Stormy Daniels. Yeah, but 
But my question is, you know, why 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 is this so important to go after Trump? I mean, it's, and his people. I mean, been, I, don't you? Been, I mean, I don't. I still think Hillary hasn't has. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I, I I'll tell you what I'm gonna do with you. I'm gonna put you on hold. We need a big big break, and I'll bring you back and let you come out of the box with me. You want to do that? Sure. All right, hang on. So three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Do a turnaround and come back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 